Hello, Marvelites. You're listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 623. I'm Ryan Panagos, aka Agent M. And I am Angelique Rocher. Hello, Ryan. Hi. Uh, we're trying to get a lot of things done because this is a jam-packed episode of the official Marvel podcast where we talk about all the things happening this week in Marvel. That's right. We're going to be talking about games, books, comics, toys, movies, TVs, Oh, and New York Comic Con for all those excited about what is coming up very, very soon. And we're also excited because this week you are getting dun, da, 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 a Marvel Insider Code because beep, we beep, love beep. you. Heck. We love you. Yeah, that'll be later on in the show. Also later on in the show, uh, you're going to hear my interview with Jonathan Hickman about the debut of his brand new series with artist Valeria Skiti, colorist Marte Gracia. Gods. Mm. Gods. Mm. We are also helping celebrate an anniversary this week. That's right. Ten years of Marvel Puzzle Quest. Very, very excited. Mm-hmm. And here to tell us more about that 10th anniversary, all the goodies, all the fun details, new stuff coming to the game, is Marvel Puzzle Quest lead producer, Joe Fletcher. Joe, how are you? Doing really well. It's been a long road for Marvel <laughs> Puzzle Quest, hitting 10 years. It's Amazing how long this has been going on, how far y'all have come. And you've been working on the title since the beginning, which is amazing. Tell us about those early days of Marvel Puzzle Quest. Uh, yeah. So Marvel Puzzle Quest, I mean, it's been out for 10 years, but obviously been working on it before that. Um, it's been a really fun adventure. Uh, so it originally started as, hey, let's talk to Marvel and see if they want to do something with Puzzle Quest, because Puzzle Quest was a game franchise that had been out for a few years at that point uh the original puzzle quest you know critically acclaimed everyone loved it um puzzle quest 2 came out we did a space version with galactrix and said hey this if we change up the formula a little bit i think this could be really cool if we did like a team battler type thing because puzzle quest itself is kind of like a one-on-one thing and you know said we're already in talks with marvel just in general you know we got some some friends over there so let's see if they're interested and well, <laughs> that kind of worked out. Uh, so it took us about two years in pre-production and uh, building the game out and everything like that, tweaking the characters and things, figuring out what storyline we wanted to start with. Uh, we ended up actually starting with the Dark Reign storyline, uh, which is a Marvel Comics publishing storyline from ways back now. Um, but it's a really cool storyline that then runs into a whole bunch of Asgardian stuff and moves on from there. Uh Loki running for president, all kinds of stuff going on. <laughs> uh, and it's it's been really cool just uh, continually working with Marvel, bringing on new characters uh, from not only, you know, the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe and Disney Plus stuff and things like that, but also deep diving into uh, some of the stuff that Marvel Comics Publishing has going on, um, like whether it's new stuff or uh, old characters from the, uh, the archives. It's a lot of fun working on it and uh, working with everyone with Marvel. And we're continuing that right now with uh, everything that's still going on with the game. We're releasing characters constantly uh, about every two weeks. We're bringing out new storylines. Uh, we've actually got one coming up here for our 10th anniversary, brand new to the game and everything. So, yeah, it's been a, a long run and looking forward to continuing it. So I think that's a perfect time to, to for you to let us know what's going on now with this 10th anniversary, new stories, uh, the, there's a new villain, a new champion system, all kinds of good stuff. Give us the lowdown. Yeah, so for the 10th anniversary, we really decided to blow it out. Um, normally our anniversaries are pretty, pretty big. You know, we release a new special anniversary character that is either a longtime fan requested character or someone that's kind of been sitting on the fan polls all the time, but is, you know, usually a write-in or something like that. Uh, so we always try to do that. And then we'll try to release some kind of minor new, either boss event or minor feature or something. But for the 10th anniversary, we really decided to just blow it out of the water. Uh, so we've not only got a new boss event that's coming in with a brand new character to the Marvel Universe, uh, created especially for Marvel Puzzle Quest, We've also got a PVE event that revolves around that new character. Um, and we've got a all new system with the champions 2.0 system, which is an evolution of the, that original system as well. Um, it's a lot of new stuff coming in all at once. Um, and we're looking forward to players getting their hands on it. Um, champions is probably the easiest to explain. Um, basically what it is, is you can take a character and make them more powerful and then Champions 2.0 uh, 
allows them to not only get more powerful, but to actually tier up to the next rarity level where they have a higher level cap and their powers can get stronger and things like that. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, if, if you play RPGs at all, it's kind of like limit breaking your character. Um, Champions 2.0 is a whole system that allows you to do that to right now a set of characters in the game, but we're expanding that out to all the characters in the game will be able to do that. That's going to be great. Um, and you mentioned the new character. We got it. We got to know more about the new character, who she is, what, what her deal is, uh, all the deets. So the new character that we're bringing out into Marvel Puzzle Quest is named Quandry, and she is one of the sort of ineffable beings in the Marvel Universe. Was she designed by you uh, in-house? How much did you work with Marvel for her? I mean, I want I, I need to see more of her. <laughs> yeah, so we worked with uh, Marvel on the design a lot. Went back and forth with uh, publishing and creative and tried to really nail down her design. Uh, not only in the art uh, revolving type stuff, but also in kind of her concept and what she does in the universe. So Quandry is kind of the puzzle master of the universe. So she's sort of like, uh, if you were to take an abstract entity that does the same type of thing that Loki does on more of the mortal plane. So she looks out for all kinds of secrets and ways that she can make uh, puzzles and design uh things for people to solve and problems and things for the universe. And she takes a certain interest uh, in particular in magic users who are able to kind of step around some of the bounds of reality sometimes. So uh, for her introduction, she's actually going to be revealed first to uh, Wiccan and Clea also gets kind of an invitation to visit her labyrinth. So she'll be revealed in the PVE event to them first, and then she'll be making her kind of announcement to the uh, Marvel Puzzle Quest universe as a whole outside of that. Very cool. How do players actually interact with her? Do you, do you go up against her? Are you able to uh, bring her into your collection? Uh, so for now, we're planning uh, her as a non-playable character. So you're going to be going into the Labyrinth and the PVE event, which is going to have special puzzle aspects to each of the battles that she sets tasks for you to do within each of these battles. So there's a, uh, a mode in the game right now called Puzzle Ops, which has certain things that you need to do in order to win a battle, like collect 20 blue AP or uh, defeat this opponent while having them all stunned or something like that. Um, and this is sort of an evolution off of that where uh, there will actually be board effects that she will be telling you that she's going to do and you have to decode a riddle uh, or something like that in order to actually figure out what you need to do in the battle. So something like, one of these five countdown tiles is actually the correct one. And you have to go look at the countdown tiles and look at the text and figure out exactly what you need to do in order to match the things on the board in order to actually complete that match to get through. Mm. Um, so the PVE event's going to be kind of based around that, along with some of the more standard, you know, fight the enemy type stuff that's going on um, that revolves around that story. And then there's going to be a boss battle as well that puts you more directly against her. Uh, so she'll still be kind of creating puzzles and things, uh, but you're going to be trying to take down some of her her avatars and simulacra uh, that are trying to change the universe in ways that obviously you don't really want. <laughs> yeah, um, quite the the quandary there. Now we'll see quandary, of <laughs> course, uh, in this 10th anniversary celebration. But before we let you go, of course. Great for new players to come in. Great for lapsed players to come back. Great for uh, hardcores to come in. You're going to have giveaways, special offers, all kinds of stuff, I'm sure. Oh, totally. Uh, anniversary is a great time for all of the above. Uh, so for people that are coming back to the game, uh, we have tons of giveaways and uh, free stuff that gets you caught back up. So if you haven't played in a couple of years, there's all kinds of covers that we give away or daily play tokens for really strong reward uh the vaults and things like that so you can get covers and everything back up to uh playing par pretty quickly and for new players the anniversary is great uh because we also have daily quests and things that we run and these daily quests give you a lot of currency and stuff that allows you to level up your characters a lot more quickly than you would normally be able to um and like you can earn that currency normally but the anniversary really amps it up to amps it up to 11 um double ISO, which is the currency used to level in all the events. And then you have these events, daily event quests that just give mountains of it. So 
uh, you can get a lot of progress and a lot of fun out of your roster just starting out the game where normally you can make some progress, but not quite so fast. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you, Joe. And congratulations once again. Ten years of Marvel Puzzle Quest. Woohoo! Thanks a lot. Looking forward to many more years of it. Join the 10th anniversary celebration today by playing Marvel Puzzle Quest on your mobile device. You know, it's it, we are here, and there's a lot going on for New All York Comic Con. It All is next week, Thursday, oh October God. 12th. I know, through Sunday, October 15th. I'm going to be there. You can find me at the Marvel booth, which is... Number 2153. There's going to be lots of giveaways, lots of cool stuff, signings, all that business. There's also a live stream broadcast, which we want you to tune into the live streaming on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, starting at 2 p.m. Eastern on Marvel.com, YouTube, X, a.k.a. formerly Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff. So giveaways yeah. include the Marvel Multiverse role-playing game, core rulebook, some stuff for Marvel Move. There's a photo op with uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2, which is going to be super cool. If you are a fan of Marvel Legends, Hasbro's bringing their HasLab, the giant man, going to be there. All of us are going to be doing cool stuff. Now, we also have signings and things happening on the booth, which will then also be in the live stream. So if you're not there, you can also tune in. You get to see the Stormbreakers class of 2023. All of this will be at marvel.com slash nycc including the merch catalogs there's tees and jerseys jewelry fanny packs comic variants toys patches and so many pins including what? a marvel snap mystery pin collection stop it i will not stop it i'm sending a list with you ryan that's fine now angelique i did mention there will be some really cool pins from Marvel Snap, but we also have new Marvel Snap news this yep, week. Yep, 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 yep. There are brand new characters coming to Marvel Snap because they are celebrating one of the greatest holidays of all time. That's right, Halloween. Yes, and they are celebrating this year with Bloodstone. That's right, season pass character Elsa Bloodstone is coming to Snap, but that's not all. We've got Man-Thing, Black Knight, Nico. Minaru, one of my favorite runaways. And what, how would this be complete without Werewolf by Night? Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, there are also new locations, including Hotel Inferno, The Abbey, plus new Marvel's Midnight Suns variants. Uh, so you can download and play Marvel Snap on Android, iOS, and Steam. Yeah. And maybe while you're uh, playing your game or downloading stuff, you want to listen to a podcast. How about the latest episode of Women of Marvel? Because this week they're spotlighting Hawkeye, a.k.a. Kate Bishop. Yes! <laughs> uh, this week, uh, hosts Preeti and Ellie are talking about Kate Bishop. Lots of folks on the show, including writers Ashley Poston and Marika Nykamp, plus Olympic archer Casey Caulfield and very own producer Jasmine Estrada. And you can find out if producer Isabel can hit a bullseye. Ooh. Of course, get yourself subscribed to Women of Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. And some more Marvel Spider-Man 2 juicy, juicy news. We just dropped a surprise new trailer featuring Venom on the Loose. Um, I, so, so Venom in these trailers has just been a delight to watch. And this time in this trailer, equipped with Miles' new bioelectric Venom power and Peter's spider arms, the Spider-Men face the ultimate test of strength inside and outside the mask as they fight to save the city, each other, and the ones they love from the monstrous Venom. Yo, you need to go watch these two spider heroes get to work in stopping Venom from tearing up New York. Uh, you can go see it over at Marvel.com. Marvel Studios Loki Season 2 Episode 1 is here! We did it! It's alive! Hooray! Uh, there's a, a great social post on the Loki channels and the Marvel channels of the, the release schedule so you can see when they're coming out and... and I don't, I don't, you know, it's still very fresh. We will not say anything more, but it's a good, it's a good dang season. It's a good dang season. All right. So speaking of something that is not something that I can spoil, that isn't a secret, Shang-Chi and the Quest for Immortality, the brand new YA graphic novel by author Victoria Ying is 
here. Obviously, a lot of folks, if unless you've been on a rock, know who the incredible superhero Shang-Chi is. And he sets off to unlock the keys to immortality and save his father in this all-new original graphic novel adventure. Um, and here to tell us a little bit more is the author, Victoria Yang. So in this book, Shang-Chi, he wants to curry favor with his father who has never really given him the approval that he desires and he decides that he's going to go out in search of these mystical peaches which will grant his father immortality but along the way he discovers that his father has also been keeping his own dark secrets and shang chi begins to realize that maybe the things that he's been taught are not necessarily right so I drew a lot from the um, Journey to the West or the Sun Wukong story, and I remember watching a cartoon that's like a 1970s rendition, and it was all about these amazing peaches that gave you these superpowers, and the cartoon made them look so delicious and so, like, this thing that you absolutely wanted to have, not just because it gave you superpowers, but also it just looked so good. And I really wanted to put that into my book. I wanted to bring in that part of the story because I felt like that would be something that an Asian kid growing up would be like, well, if that's real, then I want to get that too, for real. And for this book in particular, I really wanted it to have the feeling of a Chinese brush painting. And the reason for that is because my grandfather was actually a Chinese brush painter. He did um, like letter forms, but also paintings like landscapes and stuff. And I just really wanted to honor um, my own family history with uh, the style of art. Shang-Chi and the Quest for Immortality is available now wherever books are sold. So go get your hands on it. Yeah, speaking of uh, stuff on sale now, new comics this week. We got a lot of goodies. Uh, three picks. These were easy for me. Fantastic Four number 12 by Ryan North, Iban Coelho, and Jesus Abratov. It is uh, like, truly, if, if dinosaurs and the Fantastic Four versus dinosaur version of the Avengers does not sell you, I don't know how you can comics because that is <laughs> real good comics. Um, then speaking of real good comics, other pick. Just without question, God's number one by Jonathan Hickman, Valerio Schitti, Marte Gracia. It's big. It's a very oversized, big, thick issue, which I, I love. I love, love. We're going to talk to Jonathan in a little bit, so I won't be labor um, talking about this particular issue here, but it's really good. Um, definitely, definitely check it out. Then third pick of the week is X-Men number 27. Look, I'm not sorry that I will kind of always pick X-Men, but this issue written by Jerry Duggan, art by Phil Noto, and it is a gorgeous, cool issue. Uh, we get to see the potential fate of Juggernaut. We get to see Shadowcat going around. We also get a surprise appearance by the Fantastic Four, tying into some early Krakoan stuff when um, the Fantastic Four and X-Men had a big situation with Franklin Richards and some memory wipingness. It's real good. All right, Ryan's chat with Jonathan Hickman is coming up. And so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You are, of course, listening to This Week in Marvel. I'm Ryan Panagos. And I am Angelique Rocher. Now it is time to chat with Jonathan Hickman about Gods, the big brand new series that uh, Jonathan has been working on for quite a long time. You'll find out about the, the origins of it, some of the, the behind the scenes, the characters, lots and lots to learn about Gods. If you've not read the first issue, I would say check it out, but maybe it all, this will also be the enticement you need to check out the first issue. Whichever way it is, by the end of this week, I hope you all have read Gods, number one. Let's talk to Jonathan right now. All right, we are going to talk Gods and more with our guest right now, Jonathan Hickman. Hi, Jonathan. Hey, man. How you doing? I am doing excellent. I have been immersing myself in the world of your newest Marvel series, Gods, over the last couple of days. I'm very excited to talk about it, but it's been a hot minute since you've been here and talking with me on the show. So remind our listeners, what is your Marvel origin story? How'd your first become a Marvel fan? 
goodness, uh, I, I think it was uh, I, I was on summer vacation and with my family, and I was I was in elementary school. You know, scrambled together some 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 nickels and quarters, as, as that's what the books used to call boss <laughs> back in the day. Uh, and I went to Seven Eleven and I uh, picked up a first issue of X Men. So um, it was kind of amazing and great. And um, do you remember what it was? Which issue it was? I don't what remember what it was. Issue it was. I remember it was in in the middle of the Dark Phoenix saga. Um, so it's not. It was the summer of nineteen eighty, maybe something like that. Uh, I don't remember what issue it was because immediately, as soon as I read it, I went back to all my uh, to my comic book friends, all three of us, right? And I was, I was the guy who had all the DC comics that the guys borrowed, and they were the guy, they were the Marvel guys, and I was like, I was like, I've got to, I've got to. This is not bad. This, this, <laughs> these, these books are not bad. I should, I should, I should read more of this. And so they had all the leading up issues. And so I sat down and binged as much as I could. And I was like, all right, well, I'm in. I'm in now. There, there goes another 15 cents or whatever it was. <laughs> oh, the tragedy. Yeah, that, 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 what a way to get in. Well, I've tried to explain to people what buying comics was like back then. And because of the direct market and all that, people don't, don't get it. But there was a thing where you would go to your local drugstore, the 7-Eleven or pantry or whatever the store was, right? And you had no idea what was going to be there. You had no idea what was going to be on the spinner rack. And then as you would go through, you know, the cover was a big deal, of course. But, like, you just had no idea what you were going to find. And, um, and more importantly than that, you had no idea what was going to be in the comic. You had no idea what was coming. There was no spoilers. There was no preview art. There was no, like, um, anyway, it was just, it was, it was, I, I honestly feel like I, I chase that all the time. That don't spoil anything. Don't ruin anything. Can we please keep these secrets and all that kind of stuff? And I know it's not helpful to the stores the way that I want to be, right? Like, like we have to um, help the direct market as much as we can uh, in the stores, our partners, but um, I, man, I miss it so much. Gods, I think is a really interesting one because there's a lot of mystery around it. And uh, you we've pulled back and not shared a lot that when I was going through it, I was like, oh man, this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing. I was like, I'm glad I didn't know about it. I was able to just read it for myself on a, on a page. Yeah, we got away with that. We got away with that with uh, House of X too. You know, where we just threw out promo art and I mean, that's different because the X-Men have such a hook, you know, like like you don't have to pre-sell the X-Men. You just have to crush it and make it cool. This is obviously different. And it's very possible that we uh, I mean, the, all of the conversations around gods has in, internally has been it might work. It might not work, right? It may yeah. be it may be a beautiful disaster, or it may be a amazing success, and we won't know until people get it in their hands, um, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, so let's get into it. Can you give a, a little bit of an overview of what God's is, going counterintuitive to what we've just been talking about? Well, I mean, this is the first issue's out as of this being released, right? So it's basically. Uh, a container mechanism for all of Marvel cosmology through the lens of four smaller characters who are, who have their lives like wrapped up in, inside of that. And we kind of introduce, you know, the various ends of the spectrum, the science, you know, if, if one end of the spectrum is science and the other end is magic, where do all the cosmological characters fit in between those two endpoints and who serves them and who works for them, what's their agency, how do they interact with the Marvel Universe. And we're trying to make all of this stuff so that it's a little bit more usable for all the other creators and, and a little bit more accessible if you're in New York City, right, which is where Marvel books basically take place for the most part. And so... We enter into this world through the lens of two characters, a man and a woman, and their lives are um, fascinating and interesting, but they're, they're torn apart by these two forces, and, uh, and that's basically the spine of the book, uh, how 
you know, the basic primal forces of nature sometimes force people about, apart and they're going to try desperately to find a way to get back together. Yeah. You, you mentioned the cosmology. I want to make sure, like, thinking about what that means, is, you know, it, I don't... I can't say I have a, a, a huge knowledge of all fiction, but I feel like our versions of these avatars of these sort of these forces that we have given such life and, and, and sort of presence to over the years, um, it feels so unique. And so now, you know, taking that and actually, as you say, making it feel more, you know, so tangible and, and interesting and relatable in a way uh, is, is, is great. <laughs> Is, is really interesting, is, is core, I think. Yeah, well, what's interesting about Marvel is that you have all of the religious slash spiritual characters in the world already, all the Asgardians, all of the gods of myth and all that kind of stuff, all that stuff pre-exists. And what got laid over the top of that in the 70s were these things that were, and, and that, and that, totally is outside of all of the Doctor Strange stuff and the, and the magic realm of, of it all. Um, but in the 70s, and, you know, the Doctor Strange stuff was part of that, obviously. And I'm, you know, smushing 70s and 80s together, but I'm old and nobody cares. <laughs> um, what got laid over that was this kind of uh, trippy, huge conceptual things that quote really unquote ran the marvel universe and they're difficult to access and the stories that normally are told about them are very heady or trippy or whatever the description for that period of time you want to use is um but one thing that they also are is unassailably cool and there should never in my opinion there should never be a version of the marvel universe where you can't get to use the cool stuff as much as possible and so um, again, we're attempting a, a big swing here and, you know, we feel really good about the series uh, and I'm just hoping that people are digging it. Yeah. Um, you know, taking a big swing is, is a way to, to describe it. Like you're a lot of universe building and, and all that stuff, stuff that you've been doing for, for a very long time here at Marvel. But does thinking about, all right, we're going to we're going to show how these these orders of magnitude creational forces really work and then and, and scale up and scale down and having all that stuff does that from a creativity standpoint does that um that scale sort of open you up or does that constrain you is constraint a good thing i think it almost feels like this has uh this can go on forever in all the best ways obviously our oh, marvel stories go um... on forever Sure, sure, sure. I mean, I tend to write stuff that can be expansive. Uh, I, I and you know, I'm I've said this a thousand times, but I like to build things, not destroy things. And so, the idea is that if it's wildly successful, then uh, we can do more. If it's super wildly successful, then everybody can do more. Um, if it's a failure maybe it's just a seed that somebody picks up later on and it becomes a thing five years from now or whatever. Um, I, I just feel like my job at Marvel and, um, you know, you can ask the bosses whether or not I'm full of it or not, but uh, I, I feel like my job at Marvel is to just take swings uh, and try and do cool stuff and big stuff. And, um, and this is, and this is just, a, a you know, a, probably one of the more wilder swings that I've taken. This feels very S.H.I.E.L.D.-like, like when I did that book, you know, um, which, you know, I would love to have done that book now because I'm I'm better at my job now. Um, and I feel like it could have, I could have uh, injected it with uh, places that were easier for it to hook into a Marvel continuity, but it's a really good experiment. And so this falls into that category for me, which is worth doing, you know, worth trying. Um, when did this start to percolate in your brain? I was given a document of, of uh, some, some early stuff that you had. It looked like it was 2021. So this has been, you've been tinkering this for quite a while, it seems. 2021 was when I pivoted and it became God's. But it existed as um, 
it existed. It, I, I wrote two like little little story Bibles whenever I came back in twenty what seventeen something like that. Uh, it was at, it was House of X and it was this and this was called. Um, it was supposed to be like Marvel's Black Mirror was the pitch, right? So it was like crazy one and dones in the Marvel universe. And I think we were going to call it Weird World or something like that. And um, but it it it. So all of the bones were in there. And then as I was leaving X-Men and we were talking about what to do, um, obviously I have other things that are, that are coming out. Um, but this became one of them. I, and I was just talking to, uh, you know, editorial and I was like, look, I, I think we could turn this into a really cool thing. Let me write a, 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 a revised version of this up as to, you know, something that could be, you know, useful for us and, uh, and everybody liked it. And so we uh, just started working on it. With a project and, and those kind of thoughts that, you know, start now, we're talking six years ago, you said um, almost seven. How much does that, like, how quickly does that evolve? You know, then you go four years from 2017 to then 2021, that pitch that I saw. And then now we're at the tail end of 2023. So that's two more years. The book is, you know, rolling along. Valerio's producing just this ridiculously beautiful work. Mm -hmm. uh, how much does that, has that evolved from those those thoughts? Were those main four characters like there from the, from the core at the beginning? Uh, a, a version of them were. Uh, but, um, um, it wasn't until we decided to kind of pivot it a little bit and make it more about Marvel cosmology than just Marvel weird side stuff. Um, did that shape kind of become more defined, but you know, I mean, this is the, this is the way that, that ideas work you know sometimes things just need to germinate and sometimes sometimes you can just start writing immediately and then sometimes it just takes a little while to find the right spot i mean uh when i did secret wars i, I pitched that to tom brevoort when i was writing secret warriors because i wanted to do a book that was about like like multiversal versions of the Marvel universe being smashed into each other. Uh, and Tom was like, nobody's going to buy that book. Um, and, and I was like, yeah, but it would be cool. What we really need is a great title. And Tom was like, I mean, I guess we could do, you know, secret wars or something like that. Hey, secret wars came up and we were both like, Oh, and then, and then we just stuck it in our back pocket for four and a half years or whatever it was. I mean, I had, I went, did all of fantastic four and all of Avengers. Um, but it was kind of baked into the Avengers of it all. So, I mean, at least three years until we just decided to put that out in front of everybody. Um, and I was always tinkering with it in the background. So I, I just, you I think I think the mechanism that that makes this stuff work is knowing when something is ready to go, knowing when something needs to cook a little bit more, not being impatient, not feeling like not feeling like you're going to have an opportunity or, or, you know, not feeling like feeling like if I don't get this out. I'm going to miss the window, which is a which is a thing that. That that is a real thing. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you absolutely miss, um, you, you miss a, a window. But you, the the other side of that is that putting something out too early is a way more disappointing thing to me, and it not being what it could have been is a way more disappointing thing to me than 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 the, um, I'm too late. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, thinking about that, it's there's a timelessness to this in, in a good way. Like you see characters and they are the versions that, that we know them they are today, but it feels so cool. Like Dr. Strange being such a core part of that first issue. And we see as he, he will show up throughout the book, how important is it for you to, yeah, we're, we're sort of reestablishing this cosmology or bringing it to a new light um, and, and showing these new characters, but also showing the deep connections to the larger Marvel universe. I, you have to do that or else it's not a Marvel comic book. Um, um, 
I don't think I can't think of a single property that Marvel's done that's done really, really well that didn't have the glue of Marvel continuity. Um, I mean, I guess you can probably. I mean, obviously, I'm not talking about stuff like Star Wars, which is a licensed book for a long time and all that kind of stuff. But even something like Runaways, right, which is probably an example of something that nobody saw coming. It came out of nowhere. Everybody loved it. It took off. It did fantastic. It still had little nuggets of things that tie back into Marvel continuity. So um, I just think it's got to be in there. I think it's like opening a hamburger shop and only serving, you know, donuts. <laughs> it just doesn't work out of control um in the first issue we see the the babylon event and now you know the babylon event like there's this this um feeling around that phrase around what's going on there and i was like i was trying to rack my brain i'm like it, it almost made me think oh man I must have read about a different Babylon event at some point. It, it, it did that thing, which I think is, is, is a cool little trick of like making me feel like I, I've already experienced like things that they're talking about. But I feel like that's also brand new. That's not something we've seen in the books before. Is that true? I, I, I'm really just asking, have I seen a Babylon event before? I, I, I don't know that we've seen that called that, but we super get collapse of civilization right now. Like that's not something you have to explain to anybody. There's a, a term that the collector uses um, in the issue for what I thought was secret was the Secret Wars event, or it could have been something like that. Um, yeah. Would Secret Wars be a Babylon event? Is that sort of the, the scale, or is that a little bit different scale? No, I mean, I think that's everything. I think that was, that was I think that was, um, I, I think that was the end of, 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 <laughs> of, of, of all reality. I think that's a little bit more extreme. Um, but, but yeah, no, I mean, I, and I, like the thing with the collector, it's fun to just drop stuff in there like that. You know, um, by the way, the collectors in the book, if you haven't checked it out yet. Uh, yeah, uh, the, there was some really cool stuff. Like, I love the elders of the universe. Um, you give me the gardener, you give me the runner, you give me these these weirdos, and I'm, I'm happy. And then so you got the collector and then the contemplator, the professor, the trader. I was like, Jonathan, just do an elders book as like a side story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I, listen. I, all of that stuff is so much fun, and I feel like I, I feel like it's can be more accessible, which is the whole point of of what we're doing. Um, so, um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I listen. I I, I have read my my uh, a fair amount of Jim Starlin books, uh, so um, guilty as charged. Uh, yeah. No, look, it's it's fun stuff. Now I want to get into some of those um, the the characters that we've talked about. And in case anybody hasn't checked it out yet, it's a brand new issue. Um, but there's some things there. There's um, the natural order of things, um, which is the science side of things with seven with 100 centivars. Can you explain what that is? What I did is I made the two endpoints of science and magic as universal abstracts. And the, the natural order of things is the science side and the powers that be are the, is the, um, is the magic side. And in between that is our eternity and infinity and uh, chaos and order. And all, all of the universal abstracts fall in on an axis in between there. And all of them have, conduits through which they interact with the universe and our book is kind of about the representatives of of the powers that be in the natural order of things and and so i made two organizations or avatars or centivars or you know the various terms that they call themselves that 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 work for these abstracts that you've never seen um, and so that, that's kind of, that's kind of the construct. And one of them is the, the guy and the girl that, that have their lives pulled apart, um, serve the two ends of the spectrum. Um, and unlike all of the other abstracts who share, uh, 
I, I don't, I don't, I, it, it obviously gets super convoluted here, but um, uh, they are oppositional and at war all the time. And so you have a situation where two people who love each other very much are at odds with each other uh, because of who they work for and who they serve. So that's basically the premise. Yeah. So Wynn is our uh, avatar for the powers that be. Um, sort of this. He's a lot of fun. He's just a fun character to watch go around the page and pick up that penny. That whole sequence as they as he and uh, and uh, Dimitri go on their journey is is a lot of fun. Who is Dimitri within all this? Well, so as a way to keep the two oppositional forces from breaking out in a real war, they're in kind of a cold war. And one of the things that they do to, um, uh, to make that happen is uh, a big science person and a big magic person usually has a, a second or a, an assistant uh, from the other side. Uh, almost like how... Um, uh, two warring societies used to trade sons. But that's kind of the, the idea behind it. Uh, and Dimitri is a science person that is forced to be with the magic person 24-7, and he hates it, and he doesn't really care for him. And <laughs> But they do like each other and barely tolerate each other, and it's just a, that side of it kind of turns into like a buddy cop misadventure, you know, uh, hijinks thing all the time. Uh, on the other end is um, is a little bit more romantic version of uh, a character called Mia, who is a minion, an apprentice of the science character. Her name is Aiko, and she is trying to help her become an amazing magic person because one of the things that the science people do is what science people do is they, you know, observe and um, record and try and learn about the people that they're at war with. Whereas the magic people don't care. They don't care <laughs> about the science people. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, a lot of really interesting stuff. And the, it, as folks have read the first issue or will read the first issue, seeing those interactions between the sides as they were is, is cool. I, what is Dimitri's, for lack of doohickey, called? Because that I want one. I've like reading the issue. I'm like, Ooh, uh, I want it's one a of it's a thing of order, and it's basically like a universal database of everything, and it talks to him, and he can ask it questions, and it doesn't ever lie. And even though the first issue is based around not letting it tell the truth. You know, like, um, so, um, but it's a, it's a, it's basically like a a universal encyclopedia that he has with him all the time. Yeah. With, with a little bit of uh, a a tinge of attitude, fun attitude, which is great. It's, uh, it's wonderful. Then we see in the first issue, um, Cubist core, who is this, uh, gnarly looking, uh, antagonist for everyone the catalyst for the the babylon event um i don't it's up to you I, i'll leave it to you how much we want to share about um cubist core's role within things and, and where he lands um yeah i mean he's our big bad guy of the first issue and he's up to no good and all of the science people and all of the magic people have to come together to stop him from destroying the world and um and, and that's kind of the, the what's going on in the first issue. Uh, obviously, at the end of it, we find out that not everything is what it seemed. And he is uh, a little bit more interesting than being a mustache twirling villain. Uh, but, you know, I, 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 it, we've gone however long we've gone in this thing without talking about how amazing Valerio is with all of his designs for everything. And uh, but but. You know, every single character has a really, really amazing look and the world is so well designed. And, um, you know, the key to making a really interesting bad guy is just that it, 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 it of course, looks cool, but it just doesn't kind of fit into what you perceive a person should look like. There's just a little something off about them. And, um, 
and you know when the mask comes off it gets even more interesting so um, but i think that's issue two and three stuff so you're you're obviously a very visually minded creator uh when when you first saw valerio's you know concepts for win dimitri aiko mia the the villains the, all these things like i it, it feels valerio is just so freaking good i, I can only imagine that you there was a, a sense of yes, where this is starting to hit that point that you've been looking for. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've been wanting to work with Valerio again since he did New Avengers with me back in the day. Um, he did a he did a couple issues and we really worked well together. And I've asked for him on a couple things, and this is the first time that we've been able to sit down and do a, a you know a big project together. But he's perfect choice, uh, supremely talented. I'm super happy to be working with him. Also with Valerio, Marte Gracia on the colors, who does a bunch of characters who are all in white and does something special with with the, the palette to really make them pop. It's, it's a beautiful issue. It's a beautiful series. Yeah, um, I, it's, it's, it's a good team. It really is. Um, you know, I, I, I get... I don't know if dinged is the right word, but clearly sometimes I'm writing for the collection and the trade, you know, and I'm thinking about the final book as much as anything. And, uh, you know, we're, we're four issues of art into this thing. And, um, I'm already thinking about how it'll be as a, as a big volume. Um, cause the, I, you know, one thing that we haven't said yet is how oversized most of the issues are. And, um, it, it's going to be, it, it'll be like beautiful in the way that house of X is a beautiful book that, that Marvel and will be able to keep on the shelf and sell for a really long time. So, yeah. Uh, but before we let you go also, of course, we got you here. Ultimate Universe, big stuff happening there. Um, you know, we, we just were wrapping up Ultimate Invasion uh, at the time that we're talking, and you know, freaking Brian Hitch, holy moly! You, two of you, just do more comics together. Yeah, well, I mean, it's we've good. been trying to work together for a really long time. Uh, finally, finally got to, and um, and we got to do it in the way that um, I hoped we would, which was I give him a script and then tell him to ignore as much of it as possible when it comes to the action <laughs> scenes and just blow them up. And boy, did he. Um, um, he's fantastic. He's fantastic. And drawing well and fast and doing great. And I mean, it, it, it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. We have Ultimate Universe coming in November. Um, what can we expect in, in this big one? Um, well, I think... Uh, you'll see the fallout of Ultimate Invasion. It's a it's a it's a one shot that kind of aligns everything into what we're going to be doing at the top of the year, uh, which I I assume we're not talking about yet. Um, but uh, it's all going to be very exciting. Um, um, should be should be a lot of fun. I'm um, I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it. Yeah, and then I think coming up very soon, we'll be giving some more information about Ultimate Spider-Man, um, which is you and Marco Coquetto. Like, what a what a wealth uh, of of artistic riches you have been bestowed with Valerio, Brian, Marco. Holy cow, man! Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm and I'm working with Assad again on a project. Um, and I, I'm getting ready to write another thing for a, a, a very talented young man. So <laughs> that's a good tease. We like to leave it with that. Thank you, Jonathan Hickman. All right. That was Jonathan Hickman. God's number one is on sale right now. And if you want a free preview of the first issue, you can head over to Marvel Unlimited to read a big honky monkey chunk of God's number one. And for more information, make sure you go to marvel.com because there's some really good articles that are that's kind of breaking down what you're in for. Yes. All right. On to this week in messages. As we get into that, we have to think about our question of the week and who's on the show next week. Angelique, who's oh, on yeah. the show? So the guest next week is Cindy Barwick, who wrote the guidebook um, that goes with the brand new Marvel tarot deck. It's 
absolutely gorgeous. I'm not even going to lie. Like, uh, it's just, for those who love tarot, for those who love Marvel, it's so great. And so we decided to ask this week, which Marvel character would you like to do a tarot reading for you? Uh, I want to hear your answer and your explanation because that'll help me form what 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 all that should be like. Mm, I would go with a Nico Monaro. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's a great answer. Um, so I'm going to go a little left field. So for my tarot deck reading, I would like to have Destiny and Mystique there together uh, where... Mystique can actually be the one turning over the the tarot cards, but Destiny would be there and sort of explaining it as she feels it. And then Mystique could do, like, she could morph as the answers come through and the details come through. And it would be this whole wonderful, mysterious thing. And then also a second answer would be Modoc because I want to see what he would do with a tarot deck. I also just thought about a really fun one. I would mm. Peter Porker. Oh, Yeah. The, Peter but, Porker and Howard the Duck doing tarot <laughs> readings. Because you know you're going to get straight candor. Like, it's not like they're not going to spare your feelings. And then, like, Peter Porker is going to make a joke about, well, at least you lived. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I could just. Uh, I, I like that. Those are our answers. You can tweet your answers using hashtag this week in Marvel. Email them to twinpodcast at marvel.com or send a message to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash this week in Marvel. Please make sure to tell us it is okay to read Twim on the show. All right. So last week's question of the week What are you most excited to see in Marvel Studios Loki season two? Y'all had answers. They did. Uh, Ordal at Ordals tweeted, more Kang variants will appear and blow our minds. That's what they're hoping for. You'll have to watch uh, and find out. Hmm. So Elise at Shoals and Such, more of Loki and Sylvie's relationship, and of course, more mischief. Mm, mischief. Anonymous Galore at Anonymous Galore tweeted, Loki and Sylvie being together again and hopefully in good terms. Sage at Soul underscore T Everyone, Loki, Sylvie, Mobius, Obi, Ravana, B-15, Cassie, I need to see everyone shine this season. I don't know why I was so excited about this, but I hope <laughs> that I, like, like pervade the joy that that tweet was made with. All right. Uh, as we mentioned earlier in the show, we have a Marvel Insider Code for you this week. If you're not signed up already, head over to marvel.com slash insider, where you can earn points for doing stuff like reading comics, articles, and even listening to this podcast. Plus, Woo-hoo! this code for this episode is, get ready for it, it's a, it's a hard one, GODS. G-O-D-S. The code is GODS. Of course, you could receive 5,000 Marvel Insider points when you enter it into the This Week in Marvel podcast code redeem activity at marvel.com slash insider. There's a limited number of redemptions available. One redemption code per Marvel Insider and Marvel Insider is open to U.S. residents. 18 plus only terms apply. This episode of This Week in Marvel is produced by Jasmine Estrada, Isabel Robertson, Ryan Panagos, and Anjali Crochet. Our senior manager, audio production development is Brad Barton. Emily Godfrey is our production manager. Special thanks to Jonathan Hickman. And Modoc. What if in another universe, Jonathan Hickman is Modoc? Think about that one, everyone. I'm Ryan. I'm Angelique. This is Marvel. Your universe. <laughs> the multiverse is vast. <laughs>